0: Hey guys, welcome back to the FFP. Today we'll be doing our week nine waiver wire video, talking to you guys about all the options that you need to be considering to help really bolster your lineup, secure some depth, and replace a guy that hasn't been performing, is on a bi week injuries, whatever. You guys know the drill. For those of you who haven't been around our channel, here's kind of what we're going to do. We're going to talk about a lot of players in varying availabilities and skill levels, so make sure to contextualize it for your league and leave a comment if you have any questions. There will be timestamps down in the description below if you guys have any more questions on Tuesday we will do a start sit video talking about every player from every single game and really trying to update you guys on that and then Friday we will do an injury update video catch up everybody on everything that's been happening throughout the week and all the question marks that we've had in previous videos so hopefully that all makes sense I'm not going to waste any more time I don't think there's anything else to
1: talk about let's get right into it Yeah, so this week's buys are we've got uh, Cincinnati, Atlanta, Rams, and New Orleans. So there's a lot of talent this week that's going to be on a buy. We did the waiver wire, looked at some guys. Uh, I get excited about talent. There's usually somebody out there you can grab, and there still is talent out there, but I'm not that excited about this week. I think that this is one of the least exciting waiver wires for me out there in terms of what's available. But let's get to our first guy. Adrian Peterson, who is 48% available there, right? He's playing the Bills a lot, of the 11th fewest points to running back. So the matchup is not great. Now, since the interim coach took over, he promised they're going to be committed to the run. He said, I don't believe necessarily it's about efficiency, but volume and consistency. And he's really followed through with that promise. And so far, he's done so with, I think, a decent success. They've been able to run the ball better than they did before when Gruden was there. Uh, Peterson, during that same stretch, has looked really good. Uh, during that time, this guy, you know, once in the ages of one, or just like Gore, I think he's 34 years old right now. Uh, Since uh, Callahan has taken over as interim coach, Adrian has 57 carries, 278 rushing yards. But it's not just volume that he's getting. He's been very efficient. In fact, during that stretch, he's had 4.83 yards per carry. He's been strong. And during that same stretch, his yards after contact have been excellent. 3.39 yards after contact. During that same time, he's also added four catches. Now, four catches is not highly involved in the passing game, but it's enough where they're showing they're leaving him on the field during certain passing downs, and that kind of adds some value or boosts his value a little bit there. But here's what I really like about two of those three games that he's been really good. Um, Two of them are against some very solid run defense in San Francisco and Minnesota. And yet still able to have some big games there. He's a clear lead back. He's going to get the carries. This is a guy that I think that you can trust. Uh, Definitely moving forward. Not a great play, but a solid play there. All right, now we got to take a second to consider the Miami Dolphins running back situation.
0: Uh, talking about Mark Walton and Kenyon Drake. Mark Walton is 78% available, and Drake is 44%. Here's a rundown of what you need to know, guys. Right now, Mark Walton is looking like he is slowly gaining and gaining on that role. This is a rebuilding team in Miami, and I think they want to give this guy the ball and really see what he can do. Furthermore, there have been for the last probably year and a half. I remember trade rumors going back to last year. There's just been trade rumors a lot about Kenyon Drake leaving of course that's going to give a lot of added value to mark walton And we've already mentioned again i already just talked about that he's getting a lot more carries the last three weeks he had six carries six carries and then 14 so he's a guy who's really started to have a bigger impact on that team he's had a fairly solid yards per carry hasn't been phenomenal uh, but uh, 4.65 is a very good number behind an offensive line and in an offense as a whole that's just struggled um so i think there's a lot to like from mark walton but his value isn't great until Canyon Drake leaves. However, this could very, very well happen. There's no guarantees. But teams like the Detroit Lions, who just placed uh, Kerryon Johnson on the IR, or the Titans, they've got Derrick Henry, but they need a pass catching back. That could be Drake. There are certainly teams at this point in the NFL season right now who are looking to get a guy like Drake, and they definitely seem to want to be kind of moved on from Kenyon Drake at this point. Um, That's just really the feeling that we got from them all offseason, even a little bit last year. And again, they're absolutely 100% rebuilding. At 78% available, there is a lot of leagues to pick up uh, Mark walton in and he's got a good matchup this week i would pick him up this week before he has a good week and he gets picked up in a lot of leagues they play the jets give him the seventh most fantasy points to opposing running backs so again i would get on that now rather than later i don't know if i'm gonna be saying hey let's go out and pick up kenny drake a lot but he's sort of what i said with um Emmanuel Sanders which is there's a possibility of him being traded if he gets traded to the right team his value goes up quite a bit I mean if he goes to Detroit he could very well have a fairly large role as we saw the whole Ty Johnson situation was expected to be the guy didn't quite have the volume didn't quite command the number one spot on that
1: team this last week but I'm not going to talk anymore and it's certainly a situation to at least monitor yeah one of the things you didn't mention uh, and why I'm 80% confident that Drake will be traded before Tuesday's trade deadline is that he didn't travel with the team to Pittsburgh that's a strong indication that they're probably working something out right now and close to making a deal in fact I don't be all that surprised after recording the video downloaded we get up tomorrow morning that he's already been traded once again he didn't travel with the team so let's talk about Christian Kirk out there he is 30% available that's not widely available yet for about a third of you out there he's going to be in your league Now, he plays San Francisco next week, and that's a tough matchup. They allow 2nd fuse points to wide receivers. That San Francisco defense is really, really good. Um, Them and the Patriots, they are top-notch right now. So it's a tough matchup. I wouldn't advise you playing Christian Kirk next week unless you're very, very desperate. But if he's available and you're like, don't sleep on this guy, you need to grab him right now. Now, he made a ton of noise last preseason, looked great. He had a really good college career. Now, last year he was hurt, and ultimately, you know, his play was really hurt by, if we're being honest, Um, Bad play by Josh Rosen, uh, bad quarterback play. So he goes into this year with a much better quarterback at the helm, and he started the year really strong. First three games, he had 32 targets and 10 catches, and week four he gets hurt, right? Returns today has a really good game. Eight catches, 79 yards, and 11 targets. He also added one rush for 19 yards. He's clearly Murray's favorite target. Uh, Christian Kirk is a rising star with a young, talented quarterback there. I think you got to grab this guy. Once again, don't play him next week, but down the stretch, there's going to be games where he's going to help you win some as a wide receiver three. All right. So what
0: about Gardner Minshew? I think there's a lot to like about this guy. Now, it's a difficult situation because Gardner Minshew is, is not a fancy quarterback I trust every week. In the wrong matchup against a tough defense, I would avoid sitting him, but he's more than just a stream. This isn't a guy you're just going to start on a perfect matchup and a perfect day. In fact, I started him against you. He got me three touchdowns. Yes. It was a great, great day. For those of you who don't know, uh, I beat Rob yeah. this week, took sole possession of first place. We were and both 6-1, yes,
1: yes. feels did really did great,
0: the, so the, I'm just going to let did that, that soak in all week, but... <laughs> Season's not done yet. It's not done yet, so I get to beat you a few more times. Is that right? (laughs) Anyways, we'll get back to the point here. This is a guy who's been phenomenal. If you take out one bad week versus the Saints, he's averaging 23 fantasy points per game. He's been great. He had his first career three passing touchdown game, and he didn't, I mean, it wasn't just good fantasy numbers. I watched some of those plays. One of those plays, he looked like Pat Mahomes. He dropped back. There was pressure, so he kind of used his mobility ran around a little bit dodged a couple of sacks was able to still keep his eyes down the field and make a great throw for a long touchdown to Chris Conley he looked great he really did but furthermore is a great week coming up plays Houston giving the fifth most fancy points to quarterbacks I like Gardner Minshew at 48% available definitely a quarterback to pick up this week
1: in play Talked about that. Texans' defense is not that good against the pass. They can be exposed. Well, they took a bigger hit this week, and they lost J.J. Watt, who's out for the year. So some of that pass rush is going to be gone for a defense that was already struggling there. A huge matchup, like you said. DK Metcalf. Okay, so he's 34% available out there. This week he plays Tampa Bay, getting up the most points to wide receivers. Tate found the end zone twice. Now, when I look at him, I think he's a solid play next week, a guy that I would trust is a very solid wide receiver three play. Um... But I think he's somebody that you're going to stream next week. He's not somebody that you can trust week to week. His yards aren't that consistent per se. But definitely next week, you got to play him. He's going to be great. And if you're in Daily Fantasy, he's probably somebody that you want to pick up and play
0: all right what about wide receiver chris Connolly, 98 percent available not very often we get to talk about a guy who's so widely available and yet the production has been there he comes out the first two weeks and he's pretty good six catches 97 yards and a touchdown the four catches 73 yards not phenomenal but the numbers were pretty good then he's buried on the depth chart a little bit with dd westbrook and dj Chark, both very good wide receivers but last game with dd westbrook out uh, with some shoulder issues, he had four catches, 103 yards, and a touchdown last game. Also, the game before, he had three catches for 83 yards. Um, I think if Westbrook and Chark are both in there, Chris Connolly doesn't hold a lot of value. But with D.D. Westbrook out with this shoulder and neck issue, any time that Westbrook misses is a time that you should probably be playing Chris Connolly. And again, they play the Houston Texans, give the third most fancy points to wide
1: receivers. This is a good matchup for him in Week 9. Talk about tyrell williams 36 percent available i picked him up in a league there uh, i need to because i got Terry mclaurins my third guy which i like by the way when case keenum's at quarterback when uh, haskins comes in uh, his production value is gone and i was looking 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 and somebody dropped him in a league and i couldn't believe it i can't believe he's 36 percent available out there this week he plays detroit allowing the ninth most points to wide receivers he did again this week he's played in five games he's had a touchdown every game that he's played five for the year right <laughs> Um, thing that I like about it, he's got a good schedule coming up here. He's got Cincinnati, Kansas City, the Jets. That's a pretty favorable wide receiver schedule coming up in the next few weeks. And he's Derek Carr's number one target, number one wide receiver. Um, you got to pick this guy up. I can't even believe he's out there. Jamal Williams, 40% available. Um, Aaron Jones has been great. And there's really not a whole lot to say about that. Aaron Jones is the man. He's a stud. He's so underrated. But he did leave Sunday night's game with a shoulder injury. Now, he did return. He did play, and he looked great. I think Aaron Jones is going to be fine. But I think Williams is a great bench stash that you've got to have out there. As the Packers offense picks up, which it is, in fact, Aaron Rodgers starting to look like Aaron Rodgers. Does have any question that he's going to be okay? I mean, he's playing really good ball right now. And as that offense continues to improve, there's going to create many opportunities there. Now, Williams is clearly behind Jones in terms of usage, but he did have two touchdowns today, even playing backup with less usage. In fact, he's had four touchdowns in the last four games. Now, in his career, he's not nearly as an effective runner as Jones, but he's been very effective in the passing game. He's got great hands. He's known to be a great pass blocker. And Aaron Aaron Rodgers, trust him, Aaron Jones Aaron Rodgers back and forth, getting mixed up. Too many Aaron Rodgers, trust him, yes. In fact, he's got three receiving touchdowns on the year. So he's not a guy that I would pick up and start, but I definitely think he needs to be on your bench. All right. Now we got Danny Amendola.
0: He makes some people nervous because he's been good for three games and he's been bad for three games. What do we make of that? Well, he's been banged up this year. That certainly may equate to some of the struggles in some of those games. Uh, the other thing being, again, he's been very good in three games. One game, he had eight catches on eight targets, 95 yards. I believe that was the last game. And then he had seven catches for 104 yards and touchdown, eight catches for 105 yards. So again, he's had some good games. He's also got to deal with Marvin Jones and Kenny Galday there. A little bit buried on the depth chart, some concerns. And he's really was the new guy on the block. It took him a while to really gain some rapport there with Matthew Stafford, and that's definitely happening. Plays Oakland, who gives the fourth most fantasy points to wide receivers, and back-to-back games the Detroit Lions have given up four passing touchdowns now of course as a Lions fan that's very unfortunate as a Danny Amendola owner that's great the more points they give up the more room there is for Danny Amendola to have huge days they lost Carrion Johnson to the IR and the running game is struggling I you know things are certainly looking up for him not a wide receiver I'm going to trust every week but 91% available a guy to stash and play in the right matchups that's what he is
1: Wide receiver Josh Reynolds for the Rams. He's 99% available. Brandon Cooks, he left the game today and uh, with concussion, and he's going into week nine with concussion protocol. Now, in week nine, the Rams don't play. And because they don't play, it's going to increase the opportunity that Brandon Cooks will be back for week 10. But I want to say this this is the second time this year now he's had a concussion. Okay, the NFL is highly, highly sensitive to CTE, uh, brain related injuries. It's getting harder and harder to clear concussion protocol. Used to be a guy would get a concussion and you're pretty certain that he could probably get back next week. It's just not the case Been very uh, cautious with that. In fact, let's look at Sterling Shepard, very similar. He's also had two concussions this year in the same time period that Brandon Cook's also had two, right? Sterling Shepard has had a very difficult time um, returning, in fact, he's missed three weeks. They haven't cleared him yet. I think doctors are going to be, and the NFL is going to be very cautious with Brandon Cooks. I think it's going to open the door for Josh Reynolds, maybe for a game or two. Obviously not for a full season. But there's a couple games there that you could play today with Cooks out. He had eight targets, three catches, 73 yards, and a touchdown. um Last season, when some Rams some wide receivers were out, he had some production there that was solid too. So here's what I would do. I probably would grab him at the Tuesday waiver wire deadline because I'm not sure that he's going to be somebody that's going to play the following week but I would watch I would see what they say about Cooks let's say going into concussion protocol talk about it maybe you know Thursday Friday or even Saturday the beauty of it is they don't play this week which means that Josh Reynolds actually won't get locked until monday night's game so it gives you an extra day in there to decide if he's somebody you want to stash on your bench but definitely watch brian cook's concussion protocol that could open up for him to have some production in that offense yeah i'm glad you mentioned the concussion
0: protocol it's not like it used to be you ever seen bench warmers back in the day the grown man's trying to play with the kids so he writes in crayon i am 12 he gives it to the ref and with 20 bucks and the ref says he's fine that used to be the way it was with concussions so just write i am fine in crayon yeah. and give it to him they're fine nowadays like you know with the way they handled sterling Shepard and this whole, like, I just don't feel
1: like you can feel confident that he's going to play, even two weeks from now, honestly, yeah. at this point. Yeah, I've got Sir Shepard on my bench. I like him. I think he's going to be good. I think he's a good wide receiver, very talented there. And every week, he just won't get cleared and won't get cleared. They're very concerned about him coming back there. Uh, same thing happened with, uh you know, the linebacker Leonard. Um, I was thinking, Darius Leonard. Thank you, Darius Leonard. Same thing, where, you know, I got a concussion that, okay, missed one game, actually two, you know, some real concerns about headaches there. So, yeah, definitely keep an eye on Josh Reynolds. All right, so we got to talk about Auden Tate and Alex
0: Erickson. Now, first thing I want to say is there's not a whole lot I got to say about this. This is an interesting situation because there's a lot to like and there's a not a lot to like. For starters, these guys are kind of very much splitting roles. It's very difficult right now to differentiate between the two because they're very similar in what they're doing. And what they're doing is pretty effective. Not great, not amazing, but good. They benefit from having a very, very bad defense a pretty good quarterback in a running game that is just struggling to get off because of a terrible offensive line. However, they're not fighting for the number two and number one and number two wide receiver spot. They're fighting for the number two and the number three. They still got Tyler Boyd there, which is still a problem. And if they have to get that running game going, if they use Joe Mixon out of the backfield, that furthermore depletes their value. But the numbers have been there. Alex Erickson has 27 targets over the last three weeks. He's looked really good. Last week he had eight catches for 127 yards. This week he had six catches for 97 yards. He looks good. Very, very similar numbers from and Tate, averaging 74 receiving yards over the last three games. Again, the really tricky thing for me here is how do we differentiate between the two? They're very much like Robert Woods and Brandon Cooks, a very similar situation of two good wide receivers in a good system, but which guy is going to have a good week that week? However, we don't have to worry about it too much this week. I believe they're on a buy this week, and then in week 10, the next week, A.J. Green is going to return, or at least it seems he will return. That could furthermore deplete their value. So I would say it's a situation to monitor but not to act on quite yet.
1: They're looking to stream a guy next week. Quarterback Josh Allen, twenty-two percent available, not widely available, but out there in about a uh, quarter of the leagues. Versus Washington, the sixteenth fewest points to quarterbacks. Now minus one tough game he's had versus the Patriots. Which, by the way, versus the Patriots, everybody has a tough game, right? So I'm not going to worry too much about that. Minus that one game, you take that out of there, he's averaging twenty-one fantasy points per game. Last week we said starting, he's going to have a great week. He had twenty-five, well, twenty-four fantasy points, depending upon your scoring system that you're in. Once again, around 24 fantasy points this last weekend. One thing I like about them is his legs. It's always a nice statistical boost there. He's going to have, I think he had 40-plus rushing yards today. Last week, we also said Devin Singletary coming back is a huge boost for that passing game. A nice weapon for him. Singletary's got good hands, and he's great in space. Sure enough, today he had a receiving touchdown. So pick up Josh Allen and trust him moving forward.
0: All right, Jameis Winston. If you are desperate for a quarterback, this might be a guy to look at. Not huge on him, but you know some people are in deep leagues, and some people some people are in deep leagues like sixteen team leagues, and they have to deal with uh, other people who feel the need to own two or three quarterbacks. I've been in a few leagues like that myself, and you just end up getting stuck with a guy like this. Again, I'm not huge on him, but at 26% available, it's funny. This guy can just be awful and still put up good numbers. He had 26 fantasy points this week off three turnovers. He had a bad week he played bad the question is when's this guy gonna lose a starting job but until then he's got mike evans and chris godwin probably the best number one and two wide receiver combo i mean i can't look at another situation and feel more confident than with those guys if he's starting i don't care about how bad of a quarterback he is the numbers are there just two weeks ago they had a bye but two weeks ago he threw five interceptions still at 25 fantasy points this guy is matchup proof, but for a very bad reason, he is the matchup that he is proof on himself. Because the more interceptions he throws means they lose by more, means he gets to throw the ball more.
1: He almost is playing bad on purpose. Do you think he owns himself in his fantasy leagues? Yeah, I think he benefits from a, a terrible defense. The defense has improved over last year, the years before, but it's still not a very good defense. You're right. You know, even if you can turn the ball over, this defense is bad. A lot, a lot of points are playing from behind, a lot of catch-up. And so, yeah, uh, we have to separate this. We get a lot of feedback. People say he's a garbage quarterback. He's not very good. I don't care how good of a quarterback he is. I care about his fantasy value, and you know what? He's got huge fantasy
0: value. Yeah, you know, with six fumbles and seven interceptions, he is averaging over four turnovers a game over the last three games. That's bad, but let's break down. He plays the CLC Hawks this week, allowing the 12th most fantasy points to quarterbacks, and in fact, they've given up three rushing touchdowns in the last four weeks. So if you are desperate, this is a quarterback you can play. Don't love him, but I like him.
1: Jacoby Brissett uh, has been a good quarterback this year. Now he's 36% available. Next week he plays Pittsburgh, allowing the 14th fewest points to quarterbacks. Uh, he's been strong. He's been solid playing fancy, especially at home where he's played better. But today at home, he dis- he did disappoint fancy owners a little bit there. Now he's playing Denver. Denver defense uh, can be tough against the pass, and they were today. They did saw him down. With that said, he still played well enough to get the win and not turn the ball over. He's going to rebound this week as a moderate stream play. Ryan Tannehill he has
0: been a pleasant surprise for Tennessee Titan owners and I was just telling you this the other day he came in the NFL and I kind of liked Ryan Tannehill and year after year he disappointed and kind of made me feel like maybe my thoughts on Ryan Tannehill were wrong he wasn't as good of a quarterback as I thought he was going to be but then sure enough he finally comes to a better team granted the Tennessee Titans are not this prolific offense but they're better than Miami. And sure enough, he's got two good weeks. He had two passing touchdowns last week. He had three touchdowns this week. He looks good. 75% available when he plays Carolina, who is allowed in the top half of fantasy points per game this year. Um, I believe 13th most or somewhere around there. But that number is a little bit I don't think the number is terribly accurate um, I think they're a little bit better of a defense than that so I don't absolutely love Ryan Tannehill this week but it is nice to see him have some success and I think he is a
1: middle of the road stream this week Sam Darnold 77% available he plays Miami allowing the third most points to quarterbacks uh, it's a great matchup but he's a very inconsistent young quarterback so can Sam be trusted against the Miami Dolphins Well, one thing to consider is could be with uh, wide receiver Robbie Anderson. A lot of speculation that he's going to get traded before Tuesday's deadline. Another thing, and my biggest concern in this matchup really is that uh, I think a lot of his value is playing for Miami and having to throw the ball. My biggest concern is lack of garbage time stats, a lack of a need to throw excessively because Miami's offense is worse than the NFL, only scoring 10.5 points per game. I just don't see Sam Darnold having to throw the ball that much. Robbie Anderson may not be there. He hasn't played great. He's young and inconsistent. So even though his matchup is very good, I would say I would find a better, safer streaming option if you're able to do that.
0: Derek Carr, you're looking for a pick that's kind of got some risk, could be a home run pick. That's Derek Carr this week. 77% available. He is in a prime matchup. Plays the Detroit Lions this week, giving him the ninth most fantasy points to quarterbacks. And you already mentioned it, Tyrell Williams. When Tyrell Williams plays, he is an absolute huge asset to Derek Carr and that offense he's got five receiving touchdowns in five games and he is a very big part in helping support Derek Carr so I like that a lot but what I really like about that is about how bad the Lions defense is again ninth like most fantasy points to quarterbacks but that number is skewed they started the season better and they've gotten worse over the last two games both Kirk Cousins and Daniel Jones have thrown four touchdowns and had over 30 fantasy points Daniel Jones has been terrible this year. He just hasn't been a good quarterback, and he had four touchdowns this last game. You have to love the matchup. Derek Carr's not a guy I'm going to start every week, but I love
1: him this week. Let's talk about Mason Rudolph here. He's 86% available. He plays Indianapolis on the 15th most points to quarterbacks. Now, we look at Pittsburgh. Ever since Ben Roethlisberger went down, they kind of shifted their game a little bit. Uh, they've been playing better defense lately, which is good, and they're running more conservative offense. And I think that lowers is value. I think he's got a lower ceiling. He's another guy that I would say probably go out there and try to find a better streaming option than Mason Rudolph. Uh, once again, he's not terrible, but he's definitely not strong play. Let's take a look at Matt Moore. 92% available. Next week, he plays the Vikings. Now, the Vikings are solid against the pass there. I mean, look at Matt Moore. He's no Pat Mahomes. Obviously, we all know that. Um, but what kind of production would he have? He actually was pretty decent today. Now, in two weeks, he's been solid. He played the Packers today, who have a strong pass defense. He looked pretty good. In that game, he had 267 passing yards and two touchdowns. Now, when he played Denver that one week, uh, he came in there and uh, he, they were crushing Denver. He didn't really need to do much in that game. So I uh, look at him at home versus the Vikings. Well, the Vikings have a decent defense who so can slow opposing quarterbacks down. I would say he's a fair play. Benefits from an offense that loves to throw the ball. He's got a lot of weapons, but he's not a great streaming play versus the Vikings. You just don't know what you're going to get there. So uh, definitely not a bad play, but you may want to go with a safer option. But if you're a gambling man, he might be worth taking a shot on. All right, how about the
0: situation that I have been least excited to talk about? And this is Giants wide receivers. What an absolute mess of a fantasy situation. Um, The Giants wide receiver situation is the wide receiver situation. That is the 49ers running back situation. A lot of talent, a lot of potential, a lot of risk, huge opportunity for bust. Here's what we know right now. Sterling Shepard, 29% available. Golden Tate, 23 with Darius Slayton, 96% available. Those are the three guys we're going to talk about right now. Now, Darius Slayton has looked good. Two touchdowns last game plus three touchdowns in the last four. He has been very productive. However, again, there's just so many guys there. Sterling Shepard, Golden Tate. Golden Tate's been productive. Over the last three games, he has had at least nine targets, six catches, and 80 yards in every game. Those numbers are just simply hard to argue with. Those numbers are very productive. But that's without Sterling Shepard, who is hands down the lead receiver in that offense, averaging over eight targets a game. He's the guy, but he just hasn't been playing. When he comes back, he's going to have a serious impact on which guys are getting the ball. Like Darius Slayton, what's his role look like? Golden Tate, what's his role look like? Like that entirely shifts that offense that I honestly can't sit here right now and tell you precisely what it's going to be like. But it's not going to be great. I don't think that any one of those three guys is going to disappear. They've all been too productive to completely disappear from that offense. So I think it becomes a bad situation of three guys who just share roles and none of them have enough fantasy value to play. Now, I think three wide receivers in an offense can have good fantasy numbers. But with Saquon Barkley... And Evan Ingram, no way. There's just too much talent there, especially from a quarterback in Daniel Jones who, other than really good last week, has been getting you like 160 yards in the passing game. 160 yards is not enough to go around. That's just a fact at this point. And so is a situation you need to monitor. If you've got a roster spot and you want to take a gamble on a young guy like Darius Slayton, who in Dynasty Leagues, I'm very excited to see what he can do next year maybe go ahead and do that, maybe stash one of those guys. But I wouldn't pick them up expecting that you're going to be playing them every week or have anything overconfident about them again. It's really just any day now, or any week now, I guess I should say, until Sterling Shepard comes back, and then we have to completely reevaluate that offense.
1: Talk about wide receiver Alan Lazard, 85% available for the Packers. Uh, Some of you might be thinking, why am I talking about this guy? You only had bad a couple weeks ago. Okay, next week he plays the, the Chargers. Who allowed the 11th most points to wide receivers mark my words okay we went hardcore on um aaron jones years ago everybody's all in on williams and we said no it's jones it's jones metrics this and that we had a lot of people fighting us on it aaron jones has been amazing and we were spot on i'm gonna go off i'm gonna say this right now i'm gonna go out on a limb here um when the dust settles mark my words he will become the number two wide receiver after Devonte Adams. I'm convinced that he's your guy to put your money on. He's got great size, six foot five, two hundred and twenty pounds. He's been efficient, catching most of the balls that have come his way. Myus Adams, he's at a higher catch rate than those other wide receivers there. And unlike Allison and Marquez <laughs> Valdez Scanling, uh, he's been a trustworthy wide receiver. His role is going to increase. Now I'm not saying next week he's gonna go out and become a stud, but I think couple games from now he's going to get more catches more targets more usage he's been on the field quite a bit in snaps you can just see the confidence that Aaron Rodgers has in this guy I like him quite a bit and I also like him when Adams comes back because Adams will get a lot of attention from the defensive backfield so he's the guy that thinks going to eventually at the end of this year become the number two man.
0: I got a question for you, Rob, and I'll say this right now. I don't think there's any way that this is sort of a trick question because I don't think there's any perfect answer. I don't think there's any possible way for you to know this. My one concern with that is how long does it take until he's really clear cut the number two? That I mean, that's a real question. If you're picking him up because you're desperate and you need production now, do you, do you think you can pick him up now, or do you have to wait a
1: few weeks, maybe look for another wide receiver? Well, I think a lot of that depends upon, you know, Adams is going to be back next week. I suspect Adams is not going to be back next week. They keep winning and playing well. He hasn't really had much time on the field. We'll see. Uh, once again, there's some question whether or not he can come back. I wouldn't be all that surprised for him to miss another week. Obviously, that affects that quite a bit. But I would say two to three weeks from now, he's going to be solid number two guy in that offense.
0: All right, great. Sorry, again, that's a tough question to throw at you like that. I don't know if there's a perfect answer to that, but I appreciate it. So now we'll take a look at the Jets wide receiver situation. And mainly what I want to talk about is Robbie Anderson, Demarius Thomas. Here's what we're looking at. Demarius Thomas has had actually a pretty big role lately. He's got 27 targets over the last three weeks. The production hasn't been there. He's averaging just 3.75 catches per game out of those 27 targets. And so for whatever reason, the ball is being thrown his way. He's just not doing a lot with it. I think that's honestly because he's an older wide receiver who's been bounced around from team to team. I think his production has just slowed. Denver didn't want him. New England didn't want him. Heck, they had Josh Gordon and lost Josh Gordon, and so then they were looking for another wide receiver, and they very well
1: could have probably gotten Thomas back, but they didn't. They went and got another guy and paid probably a higher price for it. Well, it's funny because uh, there's actually talk that they wanted Thomas back. But I think that bridge was burned. Thomas was really bitter at the way they kind of did him uh, in the way that they released him and stuff like that. But anyways, go ahead. Yeah.
0: So anyways, we'll continue talking about this. And Robbie Anderson, there's a lot of rumors that he really, week eight was his last week there playing in the Jets uniform. He's going to go somewhere else. Um, just like we said with the Emmanuel Sanders thing, very likely. I wouldn't be surprised, but I have no clue where he's going to go at this point. I was surprised to see the 49ers went and made that move. Interesting to see an undefeated team go make a pretty big trade for Sanders, but that's a topic for another day. Uh, Robbie Anderson at 32% available. Pick him up. If he gets picked up and moved <clears throat> excuse me, to the right team, he could have a huge boost in his fantasy value. Granted, he could get picked up and moved to the wrong team and have a serious loss in his fantasy value. But he's absolutely worth considering. And Demarius Thomas's value seriously increases
1: if Robbie Anderson leaves. So again, that's a situation to monitor. Deshaun Jackson, 39% available out there. Now, next week, they play Chicago along the 8th biggest points to wide receivers. Um, he hasn't done much in physical activity, and so I think he's still a, another week or two away before he actually comes back and plays. I don't think he's going to play this week, but even if he does come back, uh, he's more of a guy that you're going to stash. If you look at somebody down the stretch to add bench depth to your wide receivers, right on you're going to pick up and play against Chicago Bears. But, man, this guy, put on your bench now. You come weeks uh, 10, 11, 12, come playoff time. He could be a huge boost for you out there. Grab Deshaun Jackson.
0: All right, here we got Kenny Stills, and you know what? You're looking at it. He's had some big weeks when Will Fuller's been out. So Will Fuller was out this week, and he was supposed to have a big week, and this was supposed to be a big pickup and uh, really a nice play. And then it wasn't. He was kind of disappointing. It's an interesting situation where I don't know what to make of this guy or this offense as a whole. I mean, this was... uh, first probably five weeks of the season where every other game was very high and very low for deshaun watson you have a great fantasy day and then a terrible great and then terrible i don't know for whatever reason there's just no consistency there but while will fuller is hurt while he is out kenny stills is a must roster guy you don't necessarily have to start him, but you have to roster him and be ready to play him in the right matchups. Now they play the Jays, giving him the 17th fewest or the 16th most fantasy points to wide receivers and still is 43% available, so he will be out there
1: if, or for
0: many of you if you need to pick him up.
1: Let's talk about the Patriots wide receivers. This is another one that's kind of a mess. I mean, Julian Edelman's great. which, By the way, you used him to beat me, so thank you. Um, but after him, what? Um, we'll talk about a few guys out there. Philip Dorsett. <laughs> Filter says 50% available. Let's talk about Jacoby Myers, who's 95% available. We're talking about Muhammad Sanu, who's 22% available, and Josh Gordon, who's 53% available. Let's break those guys down and talk about them a little bit. Let's start with Josh Gordon. Okay, uh, rumor is he's going to get medically cleared in a week or two. And once he's medically cleared, okay, because the team put him on the IR, they'll have to release him, which means Josh Gordon can go and sign with any other team at this point. Sounds like that's what's going to happen. So um, I think he's worth a stash just by the chance that he could end up in a good situation there. Now, I would tell you to lower your expectations. I don't expect Josh Gordon of years ago when he was playing for the Browns. Reports were that the Patriots are unhappy with his production and his play, and that's why they're willing to put him on the iron and risk having to cut him. With that said, Josh Gordon is still Josh Gordon. He's got some gas in the tank, and if he gets in the right situation there, he could be huge. So for him, he's a guy that I would probably take a chance on, put on my bench and just see where he lands the next few days or next week or so. Uh, Let's talk about Mohamed Sanu. He's built to some rapport with Tom Brady. They're going to build a rapport. He's got some better days ahead of him. But right now, there's just too many mouths to feed there. Uh, I really wouldn't trust him at this point. Jacoby Myers. I like Jacoby Myers, actually. Uh, he's looked good at times. He looked great in the preseason. But with Snoo there today, he just had two targets. He really needs an injury to kind of change his usage. Now, the one guy that I think of all those that we've talked about that has current values, Philip Dorsett, after Julian Adam, he's probably the guy that you could trust the most. But his targets are so spread out, he's going to be hit or miss. And he's really a wide receiver four um, that can be played in the right matchups, but not every week. And this week coming up, the Patriots play the Ravens. They allow the 12th most points to wide receivers. But once again, unless there's an injury or something happens or sort that out, I'd have a hard time trusting any of those guys too much. Especially with that Patriots defense that's playing so well right now. Yeah.
0: Alright, we got to talk about DeVonte Parker and Preston Williams. Now, DeVonte Parker is 75% available, and I think you got to pick this guy up. Now, they have not played their week 8 game. The Miami Dolphins have not. They play a Monday night game versus the Pittsburgh Steelers, so I can't tell you what happened in week 8. That is something you have to monitor. But you remove that, DeVonte Parker has touchdowns, three touchdowns in the last 3 weeks. That that is great. For a guy who is 75% available, that is shocking. You got to pick him up. However, He's really only a standard league play you know he's also only averaging three catches a game this season <laughs> so um not a great situation in ppr leagues. uh there's not enough upside there's not enough to like there something to definitely avoid but again three touchdowns in three weeks if you're desperate at wide receiver looking for a wide receiver four or five whatever you want to round out your bench take a shot on a guy in a standard league Devonte parker might be the guy Preston Williams in their last game versus the Bills. The Bills a very good defense. He had eight targets, six catches, and 80 yards. I was actually pretty impressed. That was not a bad day. However, again, we need to see a lot more from this guy. He's more of a dynasty league play and a guy for you to kind of put on your watch list. I feel like I've said that a lot this video, but sometimes it's not about picking these guys up. Sometimes you your roster is set. Sometimes it's just about paying attention so that you're ready when they've kind of hit that point where
1: you can trust them. Think about wide receiver Johnson for Pittsburgh, who's 88% available out there. Uh, next week, they're going to play Indianapolis on the 15th most points to wide receivers. For me, he's a rookie who's got more upside of the bench stash in dynasty leagues um, than somebody that you can trust from week to week. Once again, they haven't played yet. Sunday night, they're going to play Monday night there. So I'd watch Monday night's game. I'd look at a few things. One, his usage, his targets, and snaps, how often he's on the field there. But I think more importantly than all that, I think he's got some talent there. It's really the development of Mason Rudolph's play. So I'd watch his play in that game and see. I think the one concern I have, I mentioned earlier in the video, is that Pittsburgh right now is they're, uh, they're playing conservative. They're running the ball. They're playing good defense, and that's just lowering his volume. But if you're in a dynasty league, he's definitely a guy that you should have on your bench. Right, now we get to talk about
0: Anthony Miller and Taylor Gabriel. They're both very highly available. I believe Anthony Miller is 90% available or 89%, something like that. And it's pretty good, considering they're playing the Philadelphia Eagles next week, giving up the most fantasy points to wide receivers. But that's where the good news stops and i'm gonna say don't pick these guys up we had to address this because how highly available they are and their great matchup versus the eagles but talk about the production hasn't been there the quarterback situation isn't great that offense is struggling Neither of those guys will be number one. Allen Robinson is hands down the number one wide receiver on that offense, and they've really committed to the run. Not only has their head coach said, We will commit to the run, we've seen a week where they did commit to the run, and their young stud running back had a huge day, and so committing to the run paid off. They're going to play defense, they're going to run the ball, and they're going to go to their number one wide receiver, Allen Robinson, for that. I don't think these guys are worth picking up just for a one week play against the Eagles that honestly still doesn't give them huge value. Even then, I still don't see them having monster weeks. Even then, I
1: see just moderate production. So, what the Lions backfield, we'll talk about Trey Carson, 99% available, on Ty Johnson, 22% available next week. They play Oakland. They'll need 13th most points to what running backs there. Uh, last week we talked about it. the lions are struggling to run the ball this year they haven't been very what i would call efficient uh even carry johnson who i was really big on was struggling to run the ball i think his yards per carry like 3.3 very low there and that continued today they uh they did not look good running the ball there now what happened today i think surprised a lot of people is trey carson started hot in fact he got the surprise start shocked everybody that he was getting the carries and not ty johnson but as the game went on um his uh Cooled. In fact, uh, as the game went on, he really became ineffective at one point, and Eventually, Ty Johnson really took over and as the game went on, became the back at that point. One concern I have, there's been conversation you mentioned earlier that the Lions are actually looking at trading for Kenyon Drake. You know that tells me? They're not very comfortable with some of the guys that they have running the ball right now. Um, I think if you're going to look at two guys there, I wouldn't get worried about uh, Carson today. He didn't look that good. Yes, he started the game. He wasn't effective. I think the guy there still to own is Ty Johnson, but I will say after today's game, I've mellowed on him a little bit there. Um, don't grab Carson. We kind of want to put that out there because I know some people get excited like, is he going to be the guy? No, he just didn't look very good. I don't think he's going to be the guy. Um, so don't grab Carson. Ty Johnson's still the guy to grab. But I think for me, he's not a running back two. He's probably running back three that you're not going to be able to start every week, but on certain matchups only.
0: All right, now we're to what about Devin Singletary and Frank Gore. Frank Gore is 42% available and Devin Singletary is 31 I think you got to pick up Devin Singletary. I wouldn't pick up Frank Gore, and I'll tell you why. Frank Gore production has been up there. Frank Gore production has been very good. In fact, I believe heading into this week, he was on pace for a 1,000-yard rushing season. That's unbelievable. What's he, 36 years old or 3,600 years old? I'm not sure what it is at this point. He's ancient. Um, and it's a good matchup. They play the Redskins this coming week, who allow the 10th most fantasy points to running backs. Here's why I don't like Frank Gore. A lot of people aren't willing to recognize this, but he's been trending down. Since week four, he has had decreasing carries every single game since week four. And since week two, that number has been entirely trending down. I think he had a lot of carries week three, kind of skewed the numbers a little bit there. But other than that, he's just been trending down for, for quite a few weeks now where he's getting less and less touches. And of course, even less touches now that Devin Singletary's back. He didn't have a great game, but he showed once again what he's able to do for that offense in the passing game, four catches, 30 yards, and a touchdown. And his three carries for 19 yards, not a lot of carries, but the yards per carry wasn't brutal. And so that says, hey, maybe next week he gets continued growth and more carries. Here's what we saw. So Frank Gore had nine carries to Singletary's three, whereas Singletary had six targets to Gore's zero. So I think this is a situation where based on upside, I would stash Singletary. Casey has a breakout
1: game like David Montgomery did this week, but that's all. Damien Williams, running back for Kansas City. He's back in the conversation <laughs> of somebody that we need to take a look at, right? But let's not get silly here. Okay, I don't want to hear all the you know Damien Williams guys come out and say, we said he was the guy, okay? Uh, McCoy was dominating carries okay he has been dominating carries he was the guy he's been by far the more effective running back of all the Kansas City running backs not even close in fact it's not even up to debate if you can look at all the metrics you guys yards account you name it he was beating them all um but today McCoy fumbled that's two in the last four games and after the fumble he sat the bench and Williams came in and carried the ball there now what I think is going to happen is I think the coach is going to go back to McCoy but we need to monitor that if for some reason he pulls and he gets sad, or all of a sudden they give Williams another opportunity, he's definitely a guy that has fancy relevance, again, depending on that. Once again, I like McCoy. I think McCoy's the better running back there. But coaches hate fumbles. They hate turning the ball over. In fact, uh, it was a major game-changer today uh, when he lost that fumble, turned things around. As you know, the Packers went on to win that game. So we have to watch and see the coach's reaction. What's he going to say? How's the usage going to be? Damien Williams could get an opportunity there to see how he does. Yeah, and it's important to note he was having a
0: good day. Excuse me, a good day. I believe he had nine carries for 40 yards, over four yards per carry. That's
1: good. But he also caught all four of his targets for four catches. Yeah, he really looked great in the game. Like I said, that fumble is what killed him. Yeah. Holds onto the ball. That's his team. He is the back on that team, obviously. But fumbles matter. Turn the ball over matters in the league, unless you're who? Winston,
0: <laughs> unless you're Jameis Winston, and do
1: whatever you want. Yes. Uh, Let's talk about Eric Ebron, 31% available. Jack Doyle, 85% available. Versus Pittsburgh next week, allowing the fourth most points to tight ends. This week, Doyle goes out four catches, 61 yards, and Ebron has three catches for 26 yards. Um, Both those guys have value. Typically, the Colts like to target their tight ends, but it's really hard to trust either one of those guys. Um, What made Ebron, I think, so huge last year was that Doyle went out with an injury. Um, Would I trust either one of those guys? I would hope that you could find a better option than having to turn to either one of those. Um, If you had to put one, I would say Ebron. I'd uh, try Ebron in Standard Leagues and Doyle in PPR Leagues if you have to go with one. But once again, I think it's better to look somewhere else.
0: All right, so what about Vance McDonald plays Indianapolis Colts this coming week, giving up the third most fantasy points to tight ends? You gotta like that. And since the start of the 2018 season, Vance McDonald is fourth in yards gained after the catch among tight ends. 472 yards after the catch that's quite a few the production there after the catch has been very good however this season he's averaging just three targets a game let me repeat myself so you don't mistake that not three catches a game three targets a game so there's certainly a lot uh to be desired there, simply in volume even in a good matchup even if he's getting a lot of production after the catch the catches the targets they're not there at 40% available in a good matchup, I still think you have to consider him as a sort of desperate plug-in play for people in not great situations, but they don't love him, and I'm not just dying to play this guy this week. I would hopefully uh, look in your waiver wire and see. Hopefully, you've got a better option
1: this week, and if you do, go with another option. Juno Smith, 81% available in Delaney, Delaney. Walker, 42% available. Let's talk about them. Next week, they play Carolina the six fewest points to tight ends, okay? Uh, Today, Smith goes out six catches, 78 yards, and a touchdown. Now, he he only has value with Delaney Walker out. And Delaney Walker was a close return this week, didn't quite make it back. I think he's going to be back next week, which, of course, if that happens, sits Smith. But I would say right now that position tight end is pretty thin. I think uh, Ryan Tannehill is a major upgrade over Marcus Mariota, and I think they like to look to their tight end. So I would trust one of those tight ends, depending. Once again, if Walker plays, go with him. If he sits, I think Smith is worth a play this week as a low-end tight end start. All right, now it's time for our weekly checkup
0: on Chris Herndon, who is still yet to play this season, with one more reminder this week, too. Don't
1: pick him up, but monitor him and see how he does. Dallas Goddard, 80% available. He's got three touchdowns in the last five weeks. Three weeks in a row, he's had double-digit points. We said in the preseason that he was very talented, that he would see an increased role, and that that role would decrease his value. Um, Ertz's value has plummeted. If you're a Zach Ertz owner, you've got to be just heartbroken right now. With that said, I do think Zach Ertz still number one tight end there, I think he's going to have some good games ahead of him. I think he will finish with a decent year there. But right now, I tell you what, Dallas Godard increased his role in there quite a bit. Um, many felt last year that coming out of the draft, that he was actually the best tight end in the draft, uh, arguably come out of college there. Now last year, and even really a little bit this year, he's really held back to Zach Ertz's presence in there. Um, he's a guy that I definitely put on my bench at this point. I'm still a little nervous about starting him simply because Ertz is there. Um, but it wouldn't take a whole lot. In fact, uh, if I was one of those teams out there desperate for the tight ends, I wonder if the Patriots, uh, they are looking for a tight end there, if they would make a move. Um, but definitely stash this guy. If you're in dynasty leagues, um, he, and you have to start a tight end, I would definitely put him on your bench. All right, I believe the last guy I'm going to talk about for
0: this video is Darren Fells, 82% available. This guy's a touchdown machine. He's got four touchdowns in the last four weeks, and he's got five touchdowns in the last six games. Um, Very productive in the end zone. Other than that, he's averaging just three catches and 23 yards a game. He's a standard league play only in PPR leagues I would avoid. That's all I got to say on this because
1: he's just simply a touchdown guy, and that's it talk about some defenses are widely available next week. We need to stream Seattle, 48% available versus Tampa Bay, allowing the third most points of defenses. Carolina had a bad game today, but San Francisco, I think you can toss that out. That defense, like you said, is, I think, a lot better than today showed. Uh, they've been playing better. Carolina is 53% available versus Tennessee, allowing the 11th most points of defenses. Uh, Tennessee, 53% available versus Carolina, allowing the 10th fewest points of defenses, but Tennessee, once again, is a solid defense there. Not a great play, but a solid play. Um... Talking about Houston versus the Jags, I wouldn't even bother with that. Scrap that, I was gonna mention it, but you know what, now JJ Watt is out. That was already a questionable defense to begin with, so forget it. How about Green Bay? 62% available versus the Chargers, long the 13th most points to defenses. I think I might have got that incorrect there, but anyways, I'll look that up. Uh, Dallas, 68% available versus the Giants, along the 4th most points to defenses. So those are some defenses you consider there. Uh, I think that's it, we covered a lot. Uh, love questions, comments on the bottoms. Bottom, once again, look for our Starts at video on Tuesday. Friday. hopefully we'll have a cover video it's the end of the video here i'm all messed up a bunch of clothes close this out what am i missing
0: yeah no i don't know what you're missing it's been a long day we're tired so you have to forgive us or something like that i don't know but as always guys we thank you so much for joining us here for this video as always leave a comment down below and we will do our best to read it and not answer as we have done a lot lately but um guys really we thank you so much for your support you guys are the best have a great day and god bless